0: Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool.
1: Pro, Pro Wrestling Vault, one. 1.
0: Bill Dundee, Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. Sorry. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. wrestling day. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from world-class championship wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all, you'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book on Amazon.
1: This is Big Bull Bronson, the Mid-South Monster. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. Don't act like you're not impressed.
0: you're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, I'm your host, Benny Berry, and today's guest is Bull Brunson, professional wrestler from the state of Illinois. How are you doing today, Bull?
1: I'm good, man. It's the, uh, the Mid-South Monster, Bull Bronson, just for the record.
0: Well, thank you for keeping me straight. I appreciate that. <laughs> if you would, uh, Bull, uh, just go ahead and tell me uh, a little bit uh you know, tell us a little bit about your career, what you've been doing, where you've been doing it, and how long you've been wrestling.
1: I've been wrestling too damn long. I guess uh, I would say I've been a professional wrestler since 2009, for sure, when my Bull Bronson character started. I was doing some wrestling before that, but none of it really, really mattered. It was just all learning. I was, that's all that was. But I started in 2002 training. Like I said, I did a few years in just small independent promotions around my area, just learning the ropes. Um, 2009, I met Greg Anthony. He kind of took me under his wing. I went down to Tennessee, started traveling. Um, I have worked for quite a few popular companies. I've worked for uh, JCW, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. I've worked for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, I'm a five-time NWA Mid-South Heavyweight Champion um that was out of dyersburg tennessee out of union city in dyersburg um i've been to florida Wrestled for fip i've been all over I Wrestled for uh iwa mid south king of the death matches 2014. i was out of wrestling for a few years due to a car accident i had in 2016. but i'm uh back i'm healthier than ever and i'm ready to make it- bigger impact on the uh the wrestling scene that i did in my initial run
0: no you mentioned greg anthony and you said that he was instrumental in your career talk a little bit about greg how you guys met and
1: what he did for you we met at uh all america pro wrestling uh, he was the booker there i showed up to to try to get a spot to help out do whatever i could do greg had me we we i worked some a job to somebody in a match and then uh I guess he liked what he saw in me. He took me aside, told me, uh, gave me some hints and tips about my uh, my persona. At the time I was wrestling as Misery, which was an awful name, uh, <laughs> awful gimmick. But we talked about it. I had a list of names that I wanted to uh, to try out, to, that I wanted to shoot by somebody. And uh, one of them we landed on was Bull Bronson and I started running with that. I ditched the, uh, the jean shorts and the, Cut off T-shirts for trunks and boots, and started started hitting the road. And uh, Greg Anthony, I learned so much from that guy. He's one of the smartest guys in professional wrestling that I've met, but he's also one of the most stubborn guys in professional wrestling that I've met as well. So it's 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 Greg Anthony's way, but he's usually right. I tell everybody that if you don't like what he has to say, think about it again because he's probably right. But uh, he took me down to uh, we went down to NWA in. City, Tennessee, we, uh, I started working shows there. I started getting over really good with the fans. I mean, we were getting, we were doing huge, huge shows for the area. He booked me against Rhino for the NWA Mid-South Heavyweight champ championship belt. Like, uh, we've been back and forth. We've had our, we've had our issues for sure, but, uh, I'll always consider Greg Anthony, uh, one of the essential components to my wrestling career
0: yeah i've uh spent a little time talking to greg and yeah when he gets his uh his mind made up about something that pertains to professional wrestling you know i could i could kind of see where you know his you know his, i'm sure his experience and his knowledge and his understanding of it kind of uh helps him form his opinion of things but Like you said, too, um, whatever he says about professional wrestling, I think I would believe it.
1: Yeah, it's like it's I tell people all the time, like Greg Anthony, he, he can rub people the wrong way because he's stubborn. But if you listen to what he has to say, there's a rhyme and reason to everything. And even if you don't agree with him, he still has merit in the conversation you know what I mean even if you disagree wholeheartedly like Greg Anthony hates deathmatch wrestling he's not a fan of deathmatch wrestling at all I love deathmatch wrestling i I have my reasons for loving it he still doesn't agree with it but it's just it's two different it's it's apples and bananas like he doesn't have to like it in order for it to still be what it is you know what I mean Just because I like it doesn't mean he has to. And we agree to disagree on quite a few things. But at the end of the day, I know that Greg Anthony knows the business. He knows what he's talking about. And from his viewpoint, he's correct. No matter where you go with it.
0: (laughs) Right. And I've had some conversations just briefly, briefly with him, too, about uh, hardcore wrestling and deathmatch wrestling where he, you know, tells me – particular reasons why he he doesn't like how certain promotions do things or something like that so and that has come up in a casual conversation so you telling me that he's not a fan of deathmatch. you didn't have to tell me that i already knew
1: <laughs> i mean it, it's if you know greg anthony you, you know that he doesn't he doesn't wear or he doesn't keep things quiet hearts on his sleeve he's uh he's passionate about pro wrestling he loves what he loves and he don't like what he don't like and that i mean that's that's fine
0: Oh, absolutely! And again, you know, he's he's not one that I would argue about wrestling with, you know.
1: He yeah, like like I said, even if you disagree with his point, his point would still probably valid. Sure,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So let's talk about your size a little bit, Bull. You're you're not a small guy. You're definitely not a, a cruiserweight wrestler. Uh, tell us of your 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 size. How tall are you? How much you you weigh?
1: Uh, in my boots, I'm I'm right under six five in my boots. So I'm six four in my boots. I'm probably I'm weighing in over four hundred pounds for sure at this point. COVID has not been uh, friendly to the figure. Not that I ever had a figure, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I still move around like some of the little guys. I can I can get up with the best of them. I've I've wrestled guys that. You'd be surprised that i was in there moving around with them like i was like uh i've wrestled ricochet i've wrestled michael elgin i've i mean i've been in the ring with some uh with some with some movers and some shakers and i i'll stand up with the best of them right i d- don't let my my surprise fool you I, I ain't as i ain't as slow as uh most big guys
0: right what do you think your your asset is what do you, what do you think you bring to the table that you do well?
1: Uh, as far as professional wrestling, I think I'm an asset because you can look at me and tell that I've been in a fight. I know how to fight, and I'm going to put up a fight. Like there's, it's 100% believability is what I'm best at. My every match I'm in, you're not going to know whether it's a professional wrestling match or a fight until we get down to the the brass knuckles of it, to the to the to moves and holds. But uh, yeah, I am I'm, I'm 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 a fighter. I'm a brawler. I'm in there to make everything look as legit as possible that's that's the biggest asset I bring to a wrestling show I pride myself on the fact that the people think when I'm in the ring that it's legit like I know the cats out the bag on professional wrestling and everybody knows that it's a it's a show and it's a work but you you're not you don't think that when you see me in the ring uh, I'm throwing punches I mean I'm not killing people but I'm throwing punches I'm hitting people it's uh and I'm not I mean I'm not unsafe either. Is is another another good thing. Like I can make it look absolutely 100% real and not murder anybody in the ring.
0: <laughs> you said when people watch you wrestle, you know they're they're kind of scratching their head right because you bring the believability back. Yes. And, and and I think that's why people like wrestling so much anyway is because they get to to watch it, they escape and sometimes I find myself too thinking Golly, man I
1: think I'm watching a real fight here yeah I, I love that I love when people are like, man I love when I get to the back and the the guys in the back are like, were you mad at him dude did you, were you shooting on him No brother you save ask him when he comes back here like i i can i i know i I've, I've been in a thousand real fights I mean not a thousand but I've been in hundreds of real fights I know how a fight looks I know how a fight goes i'm 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 a fighter so I've been a fighter since I was a, a Kid, so I mean, I've been in and out of out of fights my whole life. So being the believability is easy for me. It's the easiest part of wrestling. It's my favorite part of wrestling. It's what's missing from wrestling today. Like that's, I think that's the biggest problem for wrestling is people aren't trying to make it believable anymore. It's a acrobat show sometimes, and I I just, I'm I'm a, I'm a welcome. uh, I feel like any show. I bring something different than just the acrobatic show that kids are putting on nowadays.
0: Right. And do you think that the art of selling is out the window?
1: I mean, yes, kind of. Yes. Like uh, all these kids are trying to imitate the Japanese style and the, the strong style. And it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, there's a spot, there's a place for all of it. You know, there's a time and place for everything. But 185 pound Joe Blow over here, no selling. Stump 250 pound kids, discus lariat, and come back and hit them with a discus lariat. Just this shit just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you got to make everything make sense. That that that's where I'm. The believability is the biggest part of like selling professional wrestling, and selling is a part of the believability. Like you have to, the babyface needs to get the crowd behind them. You got to feel the babyface's pain, so you want him to come back and beat up the the heel. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's one on one. It's the basics of wrestling, and people just uh, I don't know. Like I said, they're trying to imitate the Japanese style too much.
0: I recently watched a, a wrestler, he might be 170 pounds, and he was body slammed on the concrete outside of the ring, and he got up instantly. You might have seen this, um, you know, but when I saw that, you know, my BS meter went off, you know what I mean? It's like, I just yeah, it,
1: it takes you out of it. It takes you out of it. I mean, I I don't have a problem with the, the younger guys and the smaller guys and doing their spots and da 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 but you just got to respect the, the basics of wrestling and the, the basics of, like, what it is to sell a match to a crowd. Like, you can't – I mean, there's a time and place for the comedy spots. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's a flavor for everybody, but everybody just looks the same and is doing the same five moves in every wrestling match that i watch like it's so hard to watch wrestling on tv anymore because i mean you know the formula
0: the believability is gone the the cat has been out of the bag for a long time but there's not even a bag anymore you know (laughs) you mentioned your uh car accident in 2016. obviously it was a um pretty pretty difficult time for you why don't you take us take us back to that you know what was going on in your your life at the time obviously you were wrestling you were uh probably six years in six seven years in at that time and you know take us take us to that day and take us tell us what happened
1: well it's a man it's it's pretty depressing looking back on it i was uh on my way home from texas i gone down to work a show at uh, Anarchy Championship Wrestling in Austin, Texas. We had a horrible weekend. Our car broke down. It was just it was a, it was a bad weekend to begin with. Um, but at that time, I was I was red hot on the indie scene. Like I was going places. I was making moves. I uh, had I had bookings coming up in Mexico. Uh, I had other people talking to me. I was I was ready to I felt like I was on the cusp of something major at that point and uh, it was a Sunday morning, in the middle of the night, I was driving over from Texas. Uh, I fell asleep behind the wheel. I had my cruise control set on like 80 miles an hour and I just, I ran into the back of a semi-truck and my car spun out. I went off in the ditch, at the ditch, told my car. Um, I went to the hospital that night. They sent me straight home. I. Went to the hospital again the next day because my chest was hurting so bad. At the time, they told me that I just had bruised my chest and bruised my lungs. And that, uh, or they didn't say bruised lungs, bruised my chest from the uh, airbag. And that i would be fine, that would just be sore. So I went home that night, the next day, I was still hurting real bad. I went back to the, a different ER. They didn't do anything for me. They gave me some Tylenol three. I went home and uh survived all those Tylenol threes for about six days before I was at work on that sixth day. And I was, uh, I was just so much pain at the time from the car accident that I was like emotional, which is completely out of character for me. Like I was just, I I was at work and I was, I had to hold a pillow against my chest for my chest to not hurt or not. I mean, it still hurt, but for me to move around, I held this, thick pillow against my chest. And my boss came into work and she said that I had to leave immediately, that she wanted me to go straight to the emergency room. That there's that she knew something was wrong with me. So I went to a third hospital, uh the one in Carmondale I went to finally. And thank God I knew the doctor. I told him what was going on that I had this car accident, that they didn't do anything for me. Um and he said, he knew me, so he knew that like, you know, I had a high paid tolerance to begin with. And he got me like a CT scan done and x-rays done to my chest. He came back about a half hour later, was like, your chest is broken in half. It he says, it looks like you had open heart surgery and that they opened you up and put you back together. That's exactly what it looks like. He said on top of that, both your lungs are bruised. So that's why you're hurting. So but at that point it had already been a week. There was nothing they could do for me. So they just gave me some pain pills and I had to deal with it. But it was uh man, that probably that that first month was just ungodly amounts of pain for that first week and then just uncomfortable. I couldn't get comfortable for the longest time. And then still to this day if I move wrong I could feel the my chest like rub against it rub against itself or like when it's raining like rainy days I get like a cramp in my chest from where the break is so it was uh, it was it was rough for a minute but then I took I was away from wrestling till May and I tried to come back and do a show in Memphis for train wreck their uh first show down there and I did my match my matches didn't I didn't feel like myself in the ring. I was scared to do stuff. I was afraid to take a hit. And I just, man, I was, I I got real down on myself about that match. I canceled any other bookings that I would have had, which I I didn't have many, but, but I canceled whatever I had and just uh, laid low for a little while. And then wrestling, pro wrestling is unforgiving. Like I was, as soon as I was out of the spotlight, I was like, I didn't exist. So I got kind of, kind of depressed on that. You know what I mean? A little, a little down. I mean, there's just something about pro wrestling that I just I can't get it out of my system. I love it. And I came back I came back with the intent to do deathmatch wrestling because I was tired of all the 200 hundred pound kids and the the little flippy kids and and I've I watched deathmatch wrestling and that's where all the tough guys in the business are right now. Like the toughest of the tough guys are deathmatch wrestlers. And that's why I wanna fight. I wanna get in the ring with the toughest of the tough and just prove that I'm one of them, that I'm a top dog. I'm, I'm one of the toughest sons of bitches out here, and I know it, and I need everybody else to know it.
0: And I was looking at your record, and I saw that you had uh Once Upon a Time, and I don't know what year this was, but I recognized the name John Wayne Murdoch on your on your database.
1: I wrestled Murdoch once at the uh, – actually, we've had two matches. One was a six-man, and then – uh for Full Impact Pro in uh, Florida, in Tampa, Florida. And then we had a one-on-one match at the King of the Death Match 2014. Uh, John Wayne went over on me with a, uh, hit me in the uh, nether region with a a taser for the, (laughs) for the victory.
0: Yeah, you know when you when you mention someone like him, he's he's been in that scene for quite some time, and he has quite the reputation. You know, when you you say you want to compare yourself to some of the guys that fight that style of wrestling, you can't you can't reach for a higher bar than John Wayne Murdoch, I would think, right?
1: Yeah, I mean John Wayne's one of the toughest of the tough. He's a uh, John Wayne for a reason. He uh, he's a good dude too. So yeah, I would love. Love to have another rematch with John Wayne Murdoch. Um, I got a match coming up. I know it's gonna be tough as hell against Brad Cash. I don't know if you know Brad Cash is, but he's a he's a legit tough guy. Um, hell, since I've been back, I've been wrestling Madman Pondo, and I was in the in the ring with New Jack for one of his last matches. Um, so I've wrestled with uh, Insane Lane. He's a a, a tough competitor, Chuck Stein, but these guys are all legit tough guys. And that's, that's why I'm doing deathmatch wrestling is because I want to fight the toughest of the tough John Wayne Murdoch's one of the toughest of the tough. I want to get in the ring with him. I want to get in the ring with Nick Gage. I want to fight, uh, whoever, whoever, whoever thinks they're tough. I want to get in the ring with them.
0: You know, you had mentioned that you're 38 years old and Mm -hmm. your, your bump card is, is getting, you know, it's probably more full now than it was when it was, (laughs) when you started. And sure, you know, I'm sure that accident that you had in 2016, I'm sure it's, you know, you might not be the same uh, athlete you were before that happened. So, you know, where's your Kind of your thinking going with your your career these days, and and how are you managing things to to keep the longevity going?
1: I'd I'd say the the biggest difference now is that I don't just take any booking. Like before, I would I'd go anywhere and work for anybody. Money didn't matter, nothing mattered. I was just I just wanted to get out there and work everywhere that I could. Now, I mean, it depends on. Uh, what the company is who they want me to work what they want me to do i mean not that i'm over picky or anything and i i'm there for any company that wants to use me as long as i'm being used right and like i said i'm not gonna go i don't i don't want to go wrestle in front of 10 people in a in a shopping mall or you know what i'm saying like I, i'd like my my bookings to count is what i'm what i want i want my i want my appearances to mean something when i do that's why I'm I'm trying to work for places like uh, I'd like to work Horror Slam. I would love to work uh, ICW, NHB. I would love to go work for uh, GCW. That that'd be fantastic. I'd like to go out to work for the H2O promotion. Well, you would definitely fit into the GCW scene easy. And they don't have many big guys either. So I I mean I think I would I could. I could bring something that they don't have. Same with ICW and the whole part. They don't have a lot of, a lot of big, tough-ass dudes. And I'm a big, tough-ass dude. I, I no doubt about it. Like I, I, my physical appearance alone is more intimidating than ninety percent of the locker rooms in professional wrestling today. All these little kids running around in their spandex, underwears, cosplaying wrestlers.
0: Yeah, you know what CW Anderson said? He said, you know why there's not any uh teenagers in the in the seats in the in the front row?
1: because oh, they're in the ring for sure.
0: <laughs> Cuz
1: they're all in the dressing room. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable talent, you know? And he's one of my he's one of my favorite guys to watch, you know? And I've I've uh, interviewed him, I've written a story about him and you know he's he's a person who I really like to talk to, and and he's he's just a real, uh, real solid person and a and a solid wrestler as well.
1: Yeah, I was lucky enough to grow up in Chicago in the mid '90s, so we had uh, ECW pipe through, and I got to watch C.W. Anderson come up in ECW, and yeah, he's been one of my favorites for, got 30 years now. <laughs> Yeah. Close to twenty-five years.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely fun to watch and, and there and he's you talk about believability, man.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like uh I man, guys like that just are, are hard to come by anymore. There's no I mean, there's still guys out there like Damian Wayne, he's a legit badass, he's holding down wrestling in his area, like so there's there's guys out there who are doing it and doing it right, but then for every one of those there's i'm not gonna name no names but there's 100 shindy kids right i i almost named some names but i don't need to do that i ain't trying to bury nobody <laughs>
0: so you were we were also talking about uh another wrestler uh another wrestler that you like that you've had the opportunity to wrestle with i believe he's based out of uh uh, Tennessee. Uh, go ahead and mention him.
1: Yeah, so you got to be talking about Jeremiah Plunkett. He is man, if he is not signed somewhere in the next couple of years, somebody's missing out because that kid is, kid, he's a grown man, but he is uh, fantastic. He's Not only is he fantastic in the ring, he's a fantastic person. Uh, I love working. I love working matches with him. Um, we did the one-ton tournament in Tullahoma, Tennessee, super heavyweight tournament. I think it was 2015, maybe it was 2016. I did that tournament with him. Uh, I loved working on him. He's, he's just, he's so smooth in the ring, He's so good. Like if you watch any of his matches in NWA going on right now, he's the reason to watch NWA. He's, he is fantastic. Love the kid to death, love him to death.
0: Yeah, he sent me a picture to use for one of the stories that I did with him. And I mean, just the look on his face alone, you know, he's he's he, he he's walking with conviction. He has intention on his face. I mean, it looks like he's about to, uh mean. Mu- well, he's mean mugging somebody, but it looks like he's about to tell somebody to, you know, how the cow eat the cabbage, you know, and it's just. It's got
1: that Harley race vibe. (laughs)
0: It's it's that stuff that really, for me, seals the deal. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm. you know, it's like his facial expressions say it all,
1: you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then you watch him in the ring, and he's just so fluid and everything is for a purpose. Everything makes sense. It's, I I love Plunkett. He, he definitely deserves to be, getting paid to do what he loves.
0: Yeah, and and if if you do talk to him and you you'll find out in 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 a short period of time that he loves professional wrestling, there's no doubt about it.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's uh his heart and soul's in the business, for sure. Yeah. He deserves more than he's getting. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah, and he's been he's been around for a long time too. I mean, he's put his he he's definitely paid his dues. There's no doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. So at the age of 38, where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? I mean, if, if, if you get signed or if you don't sign, what, what's bull Bronson doing in, in five years?
1: I don't even know. If I'm looking to get signed. I mean, I'm not even, I don't even know if that's my goal at this point. I just want to, man, I, I would like to leave a legacy. I would like, you know, I I want my name known. I would like that. I would like to. I would like to get signed. Don't get me wrong. I would love to get signed. If it, somebody came to me and wanted me on their TV, I would jump at it. However, if that doesn't happen, I'll. St- I still just. I want to. I need to know that I've put my best foot forward and that I tried and that I have been in the ring with the toughest of the toughest and the best of the best, and that. I guess it's just all about the the, the respect to my peers. It, it would be nice, you know, like that's a uh, that's something I, I I look forward to. Is just I feel like I'm, I'm I already have a lot of respect for my peers, which is fantastic, and um, it makes me feel wonderful. But hopefully, in the next five years, I mean, I, I definitely I'm I'm hoping for some uh, some deathmatch tournaments in the next few years. I'm hoping to to just I, w- I want to travel on someone else's dollar and have a good time doing it and then hopefully I can leave this business better than uh it was when I got in it which I mean I'm trying I oh. spread the gospel of the uh, of believability everywhere I go absolutely
0: hey how can fans find you on social media
1: I had Twitter never use it so the best way to get at me is uh at uh Facebook just bull Bronson on Facebook I have a fan page but just, just add me on your on your Facebook. I'll add you back. Message me anytime. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not one of those guys that's weird about getting messages from my uh, fans. I I wrestle for the fans, so please. If you, if you got a question, you gotta. You want to see me somewhere? Just let me know. Let let your local promoters know. I'm. Uh, I got boots, and we'll travel.
0: Oh, and before we 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 let you go, what does the tattoo say on
1: your stomach? It says paranoid. Which there's a story behind it. In high school, I had a best friend named Ryan Livingston. He was real. He was kind of what I would say he was a deadhead, but he was a kind of kind of more of a hippie kind of guy and uh, listened to a lot of Ozzy when I was born. He got the nickname Paranoid. And uh, 2006, he was uh, walking home from the Sunset concert here in Carbondale and uh, he was robbed and and murdered, stabbed to death right there. And I got this tattoo for him. As tribute to uh something to remember and by the rest of my life so that's what the tattoo is about wow yeah I try to I don't, I don't always tell the story but yeah he was a guy was my best friend I was actually on my way looking for him that night I was calling his phone it was it was a Thursday night and uh the job I had I got paid every Thursday night and I would pick him up and we'd go to the bar every Thursday. And that night I couldn't get a hold of him. He wouldn't answer his phone. Um, I ended up just going home, going to sleep. Woke up the next morning with, uh, with my friends at my door, let me know what happened. So it was, uh, I was young too. So it was a big shock to my system at that age.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the tattoo's important to me. It hurt like a son of a bitch too, so I earned it.
0: <laughs> well, Bull, I, I enjoyed the time that you gave me tonight. Thank you very much for talking, um, telling us your your personal stories, and also sharing your your career with us.
1: Vinny, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for what you're doing for pro wrestling. Uh, we need guys like you out there spreading the word, and I I greatly appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome, and you're welcome back anytime too. All right, brother. You have a great night. You too. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Bring the Bell Radio. Listen to J.D., Barris, and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear, and you will too. Ring the bell later. We call it in the ring. PWC Podcast with Rick. Santo, for all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC. Keeps you in the